0: sex i'm sure that caught your attention it usually does when it's talked about the act itself it can be a deeply personal enjoyable and private experience it's a fundamental aspect of human existence it can also be a very divisive topic when talked about openly or even behind closed doors the act as well as the conversations about sex can have psychological and social effects both good and bad on those involved and those around it. But emotions involved with sex aren't always positive. Sexual assault can range anywhere from an unwelcome touch, a coerced sexual act, or a forced rape. These crimes can have lasting effects on their victims in the form of anxiety, depression, PTSD, physical injuries, and can move further than that with substance abuse, self-harm, and difficulty with relationships. And that's for the ones who, if you can say it like this, are lucky enough to make it out alive. This is a really hard topic to talk about, but it's one that happens, and all too often. Extra discretion is needed before listening to some of the details in this episode. Welcome back to Music City 911.
1: Send in a police 911.
2: This guy just came behind me. Hello? And
1: grandma. <laughs> hello? What's the emergency? This guy just came behind me and put his hand up my pants Do that. Do you know him? No, I have no idea who he is. It's this black guy. Okay. What's your address? I'm right here in front of the McDonald's. The McDonald's on what street? Uh, on on Pacific and Edinger. Pacific and Edinger? Yes. Are you are you not by Bristol and Edinger? Uh, no, I'm on Pacific and Edinger. Pacific and Edinger in front of the McDonald's? Yes. Okay. Is he still there? No, he took off running. What way did he take off? He took off down on um, um down down um down Pacific going towards uh towards Warner. On Pacific going towards Warner. Okay, what what's your name?
3: Okay, <gasps> can you give me a
1: description? You said he was black, black, right? He was. Yeah, he was wearing was, like a, um, a bunch of like a white sweater around his head. Okay. Did he appear to be trans? Yet? Yes. Okay. About how old? Um, like in his like uh, early thirties, late twenties. Okay. And then what color pants was he wearing? He was wearing like a lot of white and baby blue. Like, would you remember what color his pants were? Um, I believe they were white. White pants? I think he was wearing all white, yeah. And then a white shirt as well? He was wearing a baby, something baby blue and okay. a white shirt around his head. Okay. Did he have any weapons? Not that I saw, he just, I was literally reaching for something in my car and he just came behind me and put his hands up my skirt. Okay. And then, so you, you're you right now, you're at Pacific and Edinburgh, correct? At the McDonald's right now? Yes, Okay. Yes.
0: This call came into the Santa Ana, California Police Dispatch Center on October 4th of this year, a little after 8 p.m. From the sound of it, the caller, whose name was redacted and kept private, had never met the suspect before. She was bending over to put something in her car, and he walked up behind her and put his hand up her skirt and then ran off. After having a bit of trouble with the correct location, probably because just like any other city, it seems like there's a McDonald's on every other corner. The dispatcher did a great job of getting a good suspect description, which was described as a male black in his late 20s to early 30s, possibly homeless, wearing white and baby blue clothing. Also, what was very important was his direction of flight, the way he ran off. She didn't indicate that he was in a vehicle and he took off on foot, running into a nearby neighborhood. The direction of flight of the suspect is right up there with the importance of obtaining a good description in regards to trying to catch a criminal quickly. While police were on their way to McDonald's, another call came in to dispatch. See if you notice a similarity. Send
4: in a 911.
3: I got, I got a situation over here, there's some guy like, getting beat up over here at 1621 West Banford Street. Okay. going to be uh, two Hispanic males, one black male. Two Hispanic males beating on a uh, black male.
4: Any weapons involved?
3: No, I don't see any.
4: Okay, and are they all, all on the street?
3: Yeah, they're on the street.
4: In the middle of the street? Yeah. Is that what I hear in the background?
3: Uh, yeah.
4: The two male Hispanics, how old are they? Uh,
3: maybe mid to late 30, I mean mid to late twenties, maybe early 30. Like 25 to 30?
4: The first guy, what color shirt and pants is he wearing? Uh,
3: there's one wearing all black, uh, black uh, tank top, black pants. Uh, another one wearing black shirt, black pants, uh black male wearing blue shirt, uh white shorts, I believe.
4: Do you know why they are assaulting him?
3: I have no clue. They were chasing him and they got him and then they start beating him up. How
4: old is he? Who? The male black? Uh
3: maybe it's twenty five. I mean, maybe like thirty five.
4: What's your name? Are they still there? Yeah. You're still hitting him? Uh,
3: not anymore. He's, well, he's on the floor. He looks pretty beat up.
4: You think he needs paramedics?
3: Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. The address
0: given, which was 1621 West Sanford, there in Santa Ana, was just a block and a half directly behind the McDonald's. The proximity to this and the McDonald's, along with a description that was pretty similar a male black somewhere between 25 and 35, That's a pretty big coincidence, all in that short amount of time. The caller stated that two male Hispanics were beating on this guy, and you could hear some commotion in the background. Police got to the scene of the fight, where the two male Hispanics had already left, and found the other male, laying on the sidewalk, barely conscious.
4: Here's the guy. The guys that beat him up though or Yeah. Was it you?
3: No, this guy. So, so you're saying yeah. this guy took the yeah, uh, two I, I see those guys uh, walking. Out. And why uh, is this guy? is all. I see the guy in the truck over there. You this? Like, oh, this is this will be the guy. This is the idiot McDonald's. Hey, can you put your hands behind your
4: back? Can so you place your hands behind your back? Get on your stomach. Get on your stomach. On your stomach. Come on. On your stomach. Alright. Uh, 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 uh.
3: Bro, you got any weapons on you? No, no needles, no knives, no guns. No. no. Can you get up? Can you stand up? Come mm. on, get
4: hey, up. Okay, okay, You're gonna have to. Yeah, what's your point? Yeah, let's get in the Just to sure. It's uh, sixteen twenty. Sixteen. Sixteen one. Sixteen twenty.
0: It was hard to tell what the person that police were trying to talk to was saying. His words were a bit slurred, he was mumbling, and he could barely move. After seeing his condition, police called for paramedics. Police could already tell that the clothing and personal description of this guy matched the suspect description of the sexual assault that happened at McDonald's. He was handcuffed at that point. While medical help was on the way for him, a small plastic bag containing some sort of white powder material fell out of his mouth.
3: What is that? Come up. Xavier, what was that? Oh no. Why was it in your mouth? Oh no. Did you put it there? No. Did you put it there? Oh no. What was in it? No. Huh? Man. How do you know nothing's in it if you didn't put it in your Man, mouth? What would you take? Nothing, bro. You gotta tell the medics what you took, okay? I'm Why did you have it in your mouth?
2: I didn't have one. My...
3: Yes, you did. I just saw you spit it out of your mouth. It was my Why was it on your tongue? Yeah, beat my. Why was that on your tongue? Yeah,
4: beat
2: my.
3: What does that have to do with that I being on
2: your tongue? It
0: the suspect claimed he didn't have this bag in his mouth. He said it wasn't in his mouth but he said it was under his tongue officers there saw it drop out of his mouth paramedics arrived at the scene and transported this guy to a hospital the two males that were beating him they saw what happened to the mcdonald's chased him down and really laid one down on him so much so that two days later in the hospital he was declared brain dead despite efforts from emergency surgery to keep him alive suspect, 31-year-old Xavier Rashawn Moore passed away at the hospital. This wasn't Moore's first time doing anything like this, though. He was a registered sex offender who had previous charges of narcotics possession, indecent exposure, as well as lewd acts with a child under 14 years old. I said it before in a recent episode that criminals know the risk when they get involved in that world. That there's a risk of injury or death because of the path they chose to walk down. This guy got a bit of that street justice and its choices didn't work out for him in the end. The next incident is gonna have to be done a bit differently than I normally do because this is far from a normal crime. September 9th, 2021 in Key West, Florida, an unnamed female was vacationing and left a room at the Casa Marina Hotel and went to a nearby restaurant on Duval Street where she had four to five glasses of wine. After leaving that restaurant, she went to a sports bar also located on Duval Street, but details of what happened in the bar were sketchy, though likely more alcohol was consumed. Just a few hours later, in the very early morning hours of September 10th, the woman leaves the bar with a man and got into a silver SUV with him. Fearing that something wasn't right, The female got out of the car, but the man jumped out and forced her to the ground, where he then sexually assaulted her. Sometime either before this started or while it was happening, the victim started recording a video on her iPhone. An unknown amount of time passed, and an Uber driver heard screams and spotted the victim. After pulling up, the Uber driver, who identified himself as Calvin, is heard saying, stop means stop, and then tells the victim to get up. The suspect is then heard saying, This is my chica. Don't look at her. She then got in the car with the Uber driver, and the victim believes she was rescued. While in the car, Calvin says he heard the victim telling the man to stop several times. The woman tells the driver she just wants to go home. Shortly after that, the Uber driver on the video is heard saying, You want me to fuck you? And the woman adamantly tells him, She doesn't want that, and that she wants to get out of the car. The driver says he could have fucked her in the bushes and wanted to know why she doesn't want to. She manages to get out of the car, and that's when the seven-minute-long video stops. Minutes later, dispatch there in Key West gets a call from another 911 dispatcher over 1,600 miles away in Boston. I don't have that full call,
3: but do have a clip of it. I'm actually calling from Boston, but bear with me, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm at work, and I had the, uh, you know the southernmost web point cam? Yeah. I could almost swear that I saw somebody get raped.
0: A 911 dispatcher trying to keep himself awake during the extremely slow time in the middle of the night when the rest of the area is sleeping. He's looking at various live stream webcams. He happens upon the one for the southernmost point in America sees a man wearing a white or light colored tank top and shorts walking behind a partially nude woman with his arm around her neck and his other arm with his hand placed over her mouth as if to try to muffle her screams. he's pushing her towards the replica buoy monument and finally forcefully pushes her down to the ground and is then out of camera view with it being obscured by the monument a few minutes later the woman is seen coming out from behind the monument still nude from the waist down and stumbling while she's trying to run away. The man is seen then casually walking out from behind, pulling up his blue jean shorts and zipping them up. The victim has an approximate three-quarter of a mile walk back to her hotel and along the way, several other people call police worried about the unclothed woman walking and crying. Somewhere along the way, she drops her phone. A short while later, back at the southernmost Point Monument, the same suspect, now wearing a blue long sleeve t-shirt, is seen walking back behind the monument, picking up some clothing and walking out of camera View. He was picking up clothing he had taken off the victim, and later threw it away in a trash can. Police finally caught up to the victim back at her hotel. They started taking her statement, but she was very fuzzy on the details likely from the amount of alcohol consumed but also from the trauma she had experienced. At that point she only remembered one of the assaults. She knew she was missing her phone and police went along the route back to the hotel they believed she may have walked looking for it. They found it a short distance from her hotel and along with the victim began looking through it to see if there might be anything on it that would help with the investigation. The victim didn't remember taking the video and, though for the most part there was nothing visible, her screams and crying were all audible, as well as the talk from both suspects. After viewing the webcam video, police were easily able to get a license plate number from the suspect number two's car. They later identified him positively as Kerry Calvin Gasog, a 37-year-old man that lives there in Key West. He claimed that after spotting her having sex with the other man and then rescuing her, she thanked him and asked him to take her to her hotel. But while in the car, she started rubbing his leg and asked him to stop at the Southernmost Point Monument. He also claims that while he was having sex with her, she didn't scream or fight like someone who's being raped does the way they do in the movies. The webcam video was very contradictory to that. Police arrested Gasag and charged him with sexual assault, false imprisonment, and destroying evidence for when he gathered her clothing and threw them away. The first suspect was found after viewing security camera videos in the area of where the attack happened, which was around the 300 block of Fleming Street. Police arrested Jorge Calderon Nunez, 30 years old and also a Key West resident, and charged him with sexual assault and a burglary charge from a previous incident. Gasag, the second suspect, just days ago, pled guilty to the charges and was issued a sentence of 10 years in prison and a five-year probation after he's released. The normal sentence for something like this is 25 years, but because the victim wanted nothing to do with any sort of trial, facing him, or questions from opposing attorneys, they agreed to a lesser sentence. The victim didn't want to relive the horrors of how she got raped twice by two different men, all in the course of less than an hour. Nunez, the first suspect, is still being held in the Monroe County Jail on Stock Island, awaiting trial and is being held with a $225,000 bond. The last incident we'll talk about, and maybe the darkest of them all, actress katherine heigl is a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs through her foundation during her time with these thousands of dogs she's seen more issues with dogs odors joints and health she's done a ton of research on the subject and believes there's a key factor in canine health their food inspired by her own desire for a healthier food option for her dogs heigl created superfood complete this dog food is packed with over 30 wholesome ingredients including superfoods known for their health benefits. Superfood Complete isn't just about delicious food. It's also about giving back. Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue dogs and find them loving homes. Join dog owners across America who are seeing positive changes in their furry friend's health with Superfood Complete. Go to badlandsranch.com mc911 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to com slash mc911 today. Van Baren 911, what is the address of your emergency?
2: This is Cass County with a transfer. I have a gentleman on the line. Uh-huh. He's at Oakley Forest Campground. His wife did not return from a walk this morning. Okay. All right, sir. You said your wife went for a walk. At what time? Uh, around eight fifteen, eight thirty. She goes every morning for six eight miles. What is your wife's name? Melody. Her middle name? Dawn. Dawn. Yes. And what's her date of birth? Eight twenty-two fifty-seven. OK, is she white black, white, black, Hispanic, or Asian? White. OK. It has not returned back. What was she last seen wearing? Uh, a yellow raincoat and shorts. I'm not sure on the color of the shorts. What color is her hair? Uh, brown. Does she have any glasses? Yes. I think she's wearing them. Okay. Does she have any tattoos? Uh, yes, has one on her wrist. Okay. Left or right? I believe it's the left. What route does she usually take? Uh, she, sometimes she goes left or right out of the park. I don't know. She walks um, around the park? Circle. No, she, she go, exits the park, but she'll go left or right on, I think it's county road 215. Okay. Depends on the day and what the mood is, I, I did a circle around areas that I think she walked in and I saw nothing.
0: You may be wondering how this missing person call from a man is related to any sort of sexual assault. The details of this case, it's just plain shocking. 64 year old Melody Rohrer, a retired nurse and grandmother of four and her husband Richard had been staying at the Oak Shores campground in the 84,000 block of County Road 215 in Hamilton Township in Van Buren County, Michigan. She would take a long walk each day, usually anywhere from six to eight miles. On September 21st of 2021, Between 8.15 and 11 a.m., she went out for a walk, but never came back. When police got to the scene and started taking a statement from Richard, they asked if she had a normal way that she would usually go walking. Melody did have a route that she liked taking, and police went searching to see if they could find any signs of her. The search turned up nothing. They asked people in the area if they knew anything and still came up empty-handed one thing they did find was that melody's husband said she took her cell phone with her on her walk police turned to gps tracking to see if they could locate her that way a day later they got a location which was a nearby walmart parking lot after looking around for melody and finding nothing they noticed a 2013 ford f-150 pickup truck with heavy front end damage they went and questioned the driver asking if he knew anything about the missing woman. While questioning Martin, he admitted to hitting her with his vehicle by accident. The next day, he led investigators to Melody's body, which was in Purgatory State Park in St. Joseph County. He was charged with manslaughter with a motor vehicle, failure to stop at the scene of an accident when at fault, and concealing the death of an individual. When detectives started looking further into this, They found out more than they ever wanted to know about. Martin claimed he hit Melody accidentally. He had taken police to the area where the so-called accident had happened, and they found pieces of his truck, a ball cap, raincoat, and a shoe. There were tire tracks as well, but the thing that stood out to police more than anything was that there were no skid marks that would indicate the driver of the vehicle ever tried to stop suddenly. More evidence at the scene of where Melody was found was also puzzling. She had no pants or underwear on. Diving deeper, police searched through Colby's phone and used his location history to track where he had been. A stop at a car wash in the White Pigeon area was made. Police obtained surveillance video from that car wash and looked around for any further evidence. On the video, Colby can be seen washing out the bed of his truck, the tires, and then washing the ground underneath his truck. He's also seen carrying items to a trash can. Inside that trash can, police found Melody's underwear and other articles of clothing, as well as bloody paper towels. Looking further at Colby's phone, more disturbing information came to light. Text messages to friends showed that he told them that he had hit a deer. When police started looking at his search history, that's when things got really bad. For over a month before the collision with Melody, he had been looking at hardcore porn and doing searches for necrophilia. He was watching porn that involved unconscious or dead people. At this point, police believed that Colby had been out driving that day looking for a victim to kill specifically so he could have sex with the corpse. When questioned about this, Colby denied any sort of thing, though something else on his phone and another piece of evidence proved otherwise. During the time that Colby had hit Melody and had her body in the bed of his truck and driving her to the state park where he dumped her, he was on a live sex chat online. I don't know about you, but if I had accidentally hit a woman while walking, I would immediately call police. On the extreme off chance that I would panic and not want police to find out that I had killed a woman and picked up her body to take to a different location to hide, I know I wouldn't engage in a live sex chat online while driving the body there. I'd be too freaked out. The other piece of evidence that was damning, police found a used condom in Colby's truck. It contained his semen as well as DNA from Melody. Colby denies he ever had sex with her. Police added a charge of homicide to the list of charges Colby already had. During his trial earlier this year, a forensic expert confirmed that the condom possessed both his semen as well as Melody's DNA. A defense attorney questioned if the DNA could have got on the condom another way and the forensic expert did say that it could have happened by laying it on her body. One thing that stands out to me in that aspect is a phrase that anyone has watched a court show or a trial likely knows beyond a reasonable doubt. I don't think I'm alone when I think about all that I've talked about with this. Colby said he accidentally hit Melody, then took her body somewhere else to conceal it, but didn't have sex with the body. Though while driving, he was having a sex chat, and then the used condom. Then after he had finished using the condom, it just so happened to simply lay on the body of a woman he had just killed, then removed it, and tossed it in the back of his truck. I don't think any reasonable person would believe that. Colby was found guilty of his crimes, and sentenced to life in prison, without the possibility of parole. He wasn't charged in any sex act against Melody though, because there's no law on the books in Michigan regarding having sex with a dead body. During sentencing, Van Buren County Circuit Judge Kathleen Brickley said, it's never given me joy to impose the sentence of life in prison without even the possibility of parole. But in this case, it gives me an extraordinary sense of relief. Relief in knowing that you will never have the chance to crash both literally and figuratively into a family's life again, drowning them in heartache and agony. If you haven't done so yet, check out my new podcast, Southern Sleep Stories. It's a podcast focusing on helping you sleep by having me read you bedtime stories and chapters from old books very slowly with some light, relaxing sounds in the background. It's now available on all podcast apps. Be sure to leave a five-star rating and review for both Music City 911 and Southern Sleep Stories. December 2nd, just a day or two away, I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia at the Omni Battery Park Hotel at noon along with a ton of other great podcast hosts to have a panel discussion and meet up. Please stop by and have some fun with us. It's going to be a really good time. Follow the show on all social media and drop into the Music City 901 Podcast discussion group on Facebook. If you'd like ad-free and bonus content, Head over to Patreon.com/slash/MusicCity911. Be on the lookout for some more bonus content on there too. Thank you all for listening, and until next time, for Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good.